Hello, and thanks for joining us for another Crosswalk message. Pastor Clay is taking this week off from the pulpit. This week's message is from our new student pastor, Ivy Rhodes. Let's listen in as he talks about the importance of student ministry and why our student body here is so important to Cross Culture Church. All right, so I got a few things here today, and um, I think I've been introduced several times, but in case you don't know, my name is Ivy, and if you came in late, and you're, gonna, you're probably going to ask me, so I'm going to go ahead and say it, but... Um, Ivy is my nickname. My real name is George, and, but I, people don't really call me George, so if you call me George, I may not answer. Only people that call me George are people that don't know me. So, um, Anyway, so my real name is George, and I'm George Edward Rhodes IV, and so that's where the IV comes from, Roman numeral IV. And, uh, so anyway, people always ask me, oh, your name's, that's a girl's name. Why do you got a girl's name? I was like, it's my mom's idea, you know, blame it on her. I de- I've dealt with it my entire life. And I think like two people in the entire world that I've met have actually guessed why I was named Ivy. And um, so anyway, so now you know, and so I don't expect any of you to ask me, so I don't have to deal with it, right? Uh, feel free to uh, respond. I get a couple more things here. I, I, moving around the house, I found some um, stuff as we moved out. We just moved here just a little over a week ago. Found some stuff and other stuff I've had, and um, I figured I'd bring it today and kind of let you know who I am, and these different items might be able to clue you in a little bit. Uh, I um, We'll start here, I guess, since I got it out. I like playing the guitar, so I got a guitar, and um, here, this is up on stage here, so you know that about me now. I, I like playing the guitar, and uh, and I like that. That rock and roll music, I guess. I don't know. Hey, you know what, guys? It, what time is it? Anybody know what time it is? Let's see. It's a le- No, it's 10 o'clock, isn't it? It's 10 o'clock. Church isn't supposed to start for another 30 minutes, right? Okay, I can tell. Okay. Uh, feel free to respond and, like, just hang out. We're going to have some fun today. And uh, so feel free to do that. Uh, this, is, this is a uh, Batmobile here, 1960s Batmobile. Um, you can look at this and tell that I am a nerd um, of sorts. Um, I'm probably not the biggest nerd you've ever met, but I'm pretty good, pretty much that. Um, anyway, so this is a Batmobile, and uh, I like Batman. You like Batman? Anybody like Batman in here? All right. Got some Batman likers, lovers, whatever. Uh, okay, so I also, I like computers. I have a, a MacBook computer. As you can see here, I was actually working on the background you see up there which you'll hear a little more about in just a minute. So I like computers, um, and I love playing with dolls. See? That's why I got, okay, I'm kidding. Um, this, uh, we just moved, this, is, this was kind of my example. We just moved here. Got a little bit ahead of myself, but here we go. We just moved here, and we live in a duplex at Wake Forest, uh, in Wake Forest at Southeastern Seminary, where I'm going to school there, and I have the privilege of... Uh, ministering in cross-culture, and I am extremely excited to be here and work alongside you guys. Um, So today we're going to get started. I want to tell you about um, youth ministry. I've been a youth minister for about seven years, uh, and through that, all kinds of crazy things have happened in youth ministry, as you can imagine, uh, from stuff with students or breakdowns or whatever, but all kinds of crazy things happen. But this is a camp that we put on uh, this past summer in 2012 
And um, it was a big thing that a lot of people got involved with at our church, and um, some other churches got involved. And, and we worked together to bring these students to this camp. I want to show you this video. Um, it might be a little loud, so if you want to go ahead and get ready for it, you can. But this video will give you kind of an idea of what, who I am, where I came from, and what we do. If you want to go watch the rest of them, you can go on YouTube. And that reminds me, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Ivy Rhodes, no spaces or anything. And also on Facebook, you can find me. Just look for Ivy Rhodes. I'm one of the only ones there. So I encourage you to do that, and I'd love to stay in contact with you. Um, so uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into the rest of the message today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for this opportunity that we have to dive into your word. And Lord, help us to understand your word. Lord, open our hearts and open our ears and open our minds that we can understand. But God, not just understand, but this would be something that we bring out of this room, God, and we obey you today. Lord, speak through me, and may my words be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you can see, students are crazy, and I love it. I love the fact that students are crazy. And crazy things happen in student ministry. Uh, Pastor Clay was a student minister. I'm sure he can tell you all kinds of stories. Uh, And if you've ever worked with students, you know it's crazy. Well, the craziest thing, one of the craziest things that has happened in my years in student ministry is a thing called Remy. Remy. We're going to call it Remy. Um, you might think it's a you know, troubled teen, or maybe it's a concerned parent. But no, Remy was none of those. It wasn't even the rat from Ratatouille, Remy. Remy was the name of our church van. It was a van so infamous that we named it. I think we got a picture. Yeah, there it is. That's in the background, too. There's me proudly standing next to Remy. Okay. So this is right after we bought it. We bring it up in the driveway here, and I'm leaning on it proud of what we've done, and I didn't know the trouble that thing was going to cause me. If there's one thing that's true about youth ministry and church vans is that no matter what kind of van it is, it's going to break down. It's just, there's no way around it, right? So this is, this is uh, our van, and we took it on trips, and we originally got it so we could go to Mexico, and this is right before our Mexico mission trip. We are going to take this van on a 24-hour drive, which turned into a 36-hour drive, but that's a whole other story, a 24-hour drive uh, up to Mexico. We leave Charleston, South Carolina, which is where I'm from, we leave Charleston, We get on the interstate, and within 30 minutes, we're still in the city limits of Charleston now. Within 30 minutes, we realize that this van has overheated, okay? We have about a 24-hour trip to go, right? Just barely left. And I'm driving it, and I'm looking, I was like, oh, man, this thing's overheating. we got to pull off. So we pull off the side of the road, and we end up getting some, oh, we'll get some more coolant. We put it in the car, put it in the van, and we get it, and we go. The thing overheats all the way to Mexico, but we make it. And we get there, we find this Mexican mechanic inside Mexico who does a pretty good job fixing it up, enough that we can get home. We drive home in it, too. And the whole idea was we were going to get it. We had paid for it with all the money from Mexico, because it was actually cheaper to buy that van and drive to Mexico than it was to buy plane tickets for everybody. So we get, we get home, and we say, you know what? We're going to keep this van. It did all right for us. We're going to keep it. Big, huge mistake. Okay, so we have this van, and... Uh, we end up taking it to a place called Baltimore. Transmission goes out on the way to Baltimore. For some reason, we fix the transmission and keep it and drive it back. Okay, so here we go. I don't, it's, it's, I don't, just can't get rid of it. So we come back, uh, bring it back, and we decide we're going to take it to church camp. Brilliant. Students in this van that doesn't hold together. But I got it fixed, right? I got it fixed. I went to the mechanic. He worked it out. I got the oil change, got new tires. I made sure the radiator was working. Everything was going great. We start driving. We come into this wonderful state of North Carolina, by the way. Uh, come into North Carolina in the mountains. And we start going, not up and downhill, but basically just 
uphill, right? See, in Charleston, we're used to, like, completely flat, right? So if it's overheating on the flats, can you imagine what it was doing going uphill like this? The thing was like just literally smoke was coming out from underneath the tires. I look at the guy driving the van. I say, dude, we got to pull this thing over. It's going to die. It's going to break, and we're never going to get home. The engine block's going to crack. He's like, okay, so we pull it over, and we're right outside of Mount Airy, um, North Carolina. And uh, we look at this thing. We open up the hood, and it was radiating so much heat that you could feel it when you pulled it up. It's like, whoa, we had to back off of it, right? We were just talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, going to the furnace. It's that kind of deal, right? Whoa, man, this thing's hot, okay? So we we decide, you know what, we're going to cool down. We're going to try to drive to the next exit, which is just about a mile ahead, and we end up getting it in there. And in this trip, in this trip, we have to leave the van with a guy who completely replaces the radiator. But we were going to summer camp up in Pennsylvania. That was our main goal. So we had about five and a half more hours, something along those lines, before we got there. We're about midway. And I have something like 25 students who are stuck in the middle of the mountains of North Carolina with no way to get to their destination, uh, the summer camp up in Pennsylvania. I end up calling a uh, car rental place. And we get a couple of Small sedans. By the way, this is 4th of July weekend. There were almost no cars to rent. I don't know how it happened. I think God was miraculously providing money because I kept pulling cash out of my pocket that I didn't know was there to pay for all these things that we had to pay for. I'm not kidding. Like, you can ask my wife. I don't know where this money came from. We always run camps so close in budget because we want to make it as cheap as possible for people and all kinds of stuff. And I'm just pulling money out and paying for these cars and all this stuff. We end up getting um, a Kia and a Hyundai, and we had a small Suzuki car, and then we had a minivan. So we had four cars in our caravan, a minivan, three small sedans, driving up to Pennsylvania. It was in that moment that I looked up to God, and I literally said this, as we were sitting at a campground in, uh, near Mount Airy, North Carolina. We're sitting at a campground that we got for re- amazingly cheap for that night. I look up to God, students are asleep. I said, God, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I putting myself through this much stress? What is the point of what we're doing? I didn't realize maybe at that moment, but that was a pretty profound question. Why are we doing youth ministry? Why youth ministry? Can't they just integrate with the adults? I mean, I had to find the answer to this question because I myself am a youth minister, right? It's what I'm doing. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I really just an adolescent daycare? So parents can leave their kids with me, and they can go out and have, you know, a week during the summer, and they can have a couple of nights a week where they don't have any kids, and they can just, you know, hang out at home or go out on a date. Is that, is that my purpose in the kingdom of God, to be an adolescent daycare? Why do I do what I do? Is it just to entertain the church's teenagers? Is that the whole point? Sometimes it's tough because God's called you to make disciples, and I believe when God called me into ministry, he called me to make disciples. But what you end up doing is you end up planning bowling trips. And you end up, uh, you know, getting all these different retreats together, a weekend retreat. And last time I checked, bowling trips and weekend retreats aren't necessarily in the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and plan bowling trips and weekend retreats, ye youth minister. I don't think Jesus said that, right? And so you've got to wonder, why? And maybe you felt the same thing. Because the truth is, is, students are old enough that they can be quiet and sit in service. When I was a student, we, we had a very traditional service, and, and we did. And today we have some students here with us. 
And they could, they could sit here and they could hang out in adult small groups and we could spend that money somewhere else. Maybe some of you might think we could spend it in a better place in other ministries. And those are legitimate questions because, to be honest, there's a big problem in youth ministry. It's not working. It's not working. Lifeway did a study, a Christian organization did a study, and found out this, that 70% of young adults stopped attending church regularly for at least one year, at the very least one year, between the ages of 18 and 22. In most cases, the decision to leave was not planned far in advance. Only 20% of these church dropouts agree that while they were attending church regularly in high school, they planned on taking a break from church once they finished high school. So most of these guys, most of them didn't even plan it. So 100% of the students that went to church, which, as you can imagine, is a pretty low number in itself, 100% of the students that went to church, 70% of that 100% leave. And it goes on to say that only about 30% come back. All right? Not working. A guy named Dennis Peathers, he's an evangelist uh, from the UK, and this is going to blow your mind. A century ago, about 94% of people in England were churchgoers, whereas today, 94% don't attend church. This is still him. America is heading toward the same future if things don't change immediately. Over decades in England, people have been sliding away from church and a belief of God. Generation after generation have stopped coming to church until now. Most people not only have never been to church, but they don't know anyone else who has ever gone to church. This is in the the UK. Most of these people haven't rejected Jesus or turned their backs on Jesus. They just don't know who he is. The real tragedy is that they don't even know that they don't know. He goes on to say that the United States is one generation away from being at that 6% generation, where 6% of people go to church. One generation away. That means that in this room today, the students that are in this room, middle school and high school, the children that they raise will be a part of that 6% generation. The trajectory is heading that way. And so the thing is, students are setting up the rest of their lives and the trajectory of the rest of their lives, and those 17 age years are extremely important. They set up where they're going to work. They start, they're already thinking about where they're going to work and where they want to work, so they find a college that fits that. And they're already doing this in their teenage years. They're already trying to find someone that they're going to spend the rest of their life with in marriage, God willing. That's a whole other subject, right? They're making all these huge decisions. It all happens in the seven years that they're teenagers. The trajectory of their life is set, is starting to be set. So what's cross-culture going to do different? How are we going to shift the paradigm from where it is where 70% of them are leaving the church to hopefully more than just 70% staying, right? We want them all to stay. How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? Today I want to talk about the purpose of cross-culture's youth ministry. The purpose of cross-culture's youth ministry. The purpose of our youth ministry can really be summed up in two passages. And you you may have heard these two passages before, somewhere. They come down to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And also the Great Commandment. He said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. So Cross Culture's youth ministry is based on these two scriptures, but doesn't it sound a lot like the scriptures that Jesus told us to base the church on? It does. And it's pretty simple is that Cross Culture's youth ministry is Cross Culture. They're not two separate entities. The, the youth ministry and cross-culture are together. And in fact, youth in our ministry should be involved volunteering and helping out and being a part of the body. They're integral to what we do. That takes work. It takes work. Because sometimes what you're going to find out over the next few months and years is as we get students in, a lot of times their parents aren't going to come. Their parents aren't going to come. And we want their parents to come, and that would be the main goal, main goal that we're trying to reach for, is to get their parents here also, because we want to reach as many people as possible for Christ. But the truth is, is that we reach them, and we share the gospel with them, the good news of what Jesus did for us with them, so they can come to know, and they get involved in the church. Not just the youth ministry, but the youth ministry is a part of the church. Does that make sense? I've been in churches where the youth ministry is like a separate thing, and I don't want it to be that way. I want to make sure the youth ministry is integral to the church. The Great Commission and the Great Commandment haven't changed. They've been the same since Jesus said them. And just 30 years ago, contemporary churches like Cross Culture were few and far between. Most churches of what we saw would be what we would consider traditional churches, right? And uh, what we now would consider traditional. They were just kind of regular church back then. And youth groups 30 years ago kind of grew up into what cross-culture is today in a lot of ways. A contemporary type service and, and uh, you know, praise music and all this kind of stuff. And were the traditional churches back then bad? Not at all. The traditional churches were great and they, they did their job. And today there are still traditional churches that are doing amazing things for God. And back then they were following the Great Commission. And they were following the Great Commandment. Just like we are here at Cross Culture today. But they were doing it with a different method that worked for a different generation. And now you see we're hitting on something here. Is that our methodology changes. If you're taking notes, these are the blanks. Our methodology changes, but our theology doesn't. How we do things changes. Because people change. Generations change. Let me give you an example. I hope this works. If you are over 30 years old today, um, I guess if you're worried about your age or whatever, you don't want people to know how old you are. You know, whatever. Okay. So if you're over 30 years old today, I just want you to, if, and you have a Twitter account. And I don't just mean have a Twitter account because lots of people have a Twitter account. My mother has a Twitter account, but she's never posted a thing on it. The only thing, I've po- only thing that's ever been posted on it is what I posted on her Twitter account. Okay. So if you have a Twitter account and you actively use that Twitter account and you're over 30 years old, let me see you put your hand up. Raise your hand. One, two, three. Good, good. Good job. All right, that's three. Good deal. All right, so if you are, a, if you are under 20 years old, if you're under 20 years old and you have a Twitter account and you actively use that Twitter account, let me see you raise your hand. Let me see you raise your hand. One, two, three. All right, four. There are more people under 20 in here that use a Twitter account than over 30 in here that do. 
Meaning that, and just to let you know, there are a lot less people under 20 years old in here. Okay? This generation is different. I'm glad that worked, by the way. This generation is different. They communicate differently. They don't use the telephone, right? I used to call my girlfriend on the telephone and talk to her for two hours. They text each other. They text each other cute little hearts and smiley faces. I used to have to write it in a letter and send it through the mail, literally. Things are different now. Generations change, and it's not an insignificant difference. The way that youth are reached is differently than maybe the way that you were reached if you were in youth group in church. Things change. And a lot of you kind of speak this language too, but there's a language, and I don't mean a verbal language, but just a way that you speak to students to help them know. And so what we do here on Sunday morning is awesome for them, and they need to be here. You know why? Because it helps them grow. Helps them grow. But sometimes in these students' lives, they need a little more. They need a little bit more fertilizer. They need a little bit more help, and they need a little more one-on-one, right? Uh, if, you were in school, if you're in school or were in school or in college or whatever, the classes you typically learn the most in are the small classes, right? The big classes are, you know, you can kind of get away with a little bit, right? Small class is a lot more accountability. They need those kind of things. So let's look at five things. Let me move on. Let's look at five things that are going to determine everything we do and how we do and even what we do. And it all comes down to one thing, and it's the cross. And man, I feel clever, okay? I feel really clever. If you looked on your outline, it says C-R-O-S-S. And so <clears throat> I put that together myself. I texted my wife. I was like, what do you think about this? She's like, clever boy, you know. Thank you. I thought so too. So. All right. Hopefully it'll help you remember it. That's the point of stuff like this. Okay. So C, the first thing is connect. Connect. Baptizing them. We're going to go back to uh, the Great Commission. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you ask, how does that mean connection? Well, baptism since the beginning had to do with identification with the body of Christ in the church. It's not just a symbol of salvation, but it's identifying you with who you're in fellowship with. A good example would be this wedding ring right here. This wedding ring does not make me married, just like baptism does not make anyone saved, okay? So you can't, you can't get to heaven by baptism, and you can't be married just by wearing a gold band on your finger. It really has no power, but it is a symbol of the promise that I made to my wife and also a symbol of our fellowship together, that when I see somebody and they look on my finger, they know that I'm married and I have fellowship with my wife because I'm married. In the same way, baptism is like that too, where it's a symbol of the connection that you have with the body of Christ, his church. And a fellowship is essential for any group. Today we're connecting together and in small groups or life groups during the week, you connect together and you're in fellowship. And if there's one thing that most youth groups nail is they nail fellowship. Because, man, you can plan some bowling trips. You can go to the skating rink. You can hang out and eat chips and drink soda and watch the Super Bowl. And fellowship's great. In fact, it is one of, one of the things that God wants us to do, a purpose of our lives. But if we just have fellowship, we don't have a youth ministry. We have a youth group. And groups are usually cliquish. And we don't want a youth group here at Cross Culture. We want a youth ministry. Because we're not trying to build groupies. 
trying to make ministers and disciples. I want a youth ministry. And so if we just connect, it's not going to work. We have to also reach out. And that's R, reach. So y'all say them with me. Y'all say them with me. First one is C, and it stands for what? Connect. Second one is R, and it stands for what? Reach. Good, good. You'll get it better as we go along. Okay, reach. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Evangelism is probably the thing that's lacking most in a lot of student ministries. But in our ministry, it's going to be paramount. Everything we do will have a focus on evangelism. And if you don't know, just kind of say what the word evangelism means. Evangelism is sharing your faith with others. So I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. He died on the cross for me and rose again on the third day. And I share that with other people because I believe that it's good news because it offers them hope for salvation that one day they can live forever in heaven with God and love God and be a disciple of God and live in that. That's evangelism. It's telling other people what God's done in your life and that he loves them. And our ministry is going to be paramount. Even the fun stuff is going to be focused on evangelism. Because the easiest way to get people that don't know Christ to hang out with the church is to do fun stuff and connect. And that's the point of the bowling trips, right? That's the point of the weekend retreat. You say, we're going to go see this cool band, right? We're going to go see Family Force 5 uh, on this weekend retreat. And they're awesome. Listen to this stupid sounding band. And you play it and it's like, hold up, wait a minute, put a little love in it. And it goes in. Everybody starts jumping around and having a good time, right? I mean, I want to go hear that. I'll go with you. So they go and they hang out. And you know what? They hear the word of God. And they hear it preached to them. So we connect them and we use the connect events to reach them. We don't just do evangelism that way. We also do it through the way we live our lives. And the everyday conversation that evangelism just comes out of who we are. Not, well, it shouldn't just be because we have to. It should be because that's who we are. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. And it just comes out of me. When you see, you know when you, that, when you see a really good movie? And you go around and you're like, have you seen that movie? Uh, I don't know. I guess the last one for me was probably Inception. Have you seen that movie Inception? That thing will blow your mind. And in the same way, evangelism should come out of you kind of in that way. You say, you know what God did in my life? It will blow your mind. In our everyday life and in our conversations. And it has to happen through the words we say, not just the way we live our life, but the words we say. Because Christianity is not just a list of rules of how to live a life, but it is a a way in which we live our life. And the words that we say mean something. And also, like I said, it has to do with the programs we schedule. All of it serves to reach, even the connect events. Offer, O. The next one is O, offer, offer. So we're going to C, connect, right? R, reach, and O, offer. There we go. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Worship is often missing from youth groups too. But not completely missing a lot of times. A lot of times it's singularly singularly focused on music. And I love what Pastor Clay said today. He said this whole, what we're doing here, this whole expression is worship. Hearing the word of God is worship. Reading the word of God is worship. Praying is worship. Music is worship. Living life is worship. 
And on the other side, living a life of evangelism and telling what God's done in our life is worship. Cross-culture student ministry will have worship music, but will also have prayer, scripture reading, and in the way we live our lives, lives of worship. You know what I, I find interesting is church is, church is an amazing, amazing, amazing thing. And when we think of church, we think of what we do on Sunday morning at 1030 here at uh, Leesville High School. And the truth is, is that this is where we come together to get pumped up. This is where we come together so that we can go out and tell the world about what God's done in our lives. But a lot of times this becomes something that we check off our checklist so that we can make sure that God sees we went to church this weekend and hopefully he'll be happy with us. That's not why we're here. We're here so we can be encouraged. And to know that you go out of these doors and when you leave this school today, you go out of these doors so that you can tell others what God has done in your life. And that within itself, beyond just the worship music, beyond just the prayer, beyond just the scripture reading, beyond just the things we do today and the fellowship that we have out there uh, at the bar, which I love, by the way, that is awesome. I love everything about that. Thank you, everyone who works on that. But beyond just what we do there, when we leave these doors and we tell others about Jesus Christ, we are worshiping through our lives. Lives of worship. So C, connect. Let's see them together. Here we go. C, connect. R, reach. O, offer. S, supply. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Supply is teaching the word of God. It's the actual making of disciples. It's the guidance of students through Bible study and teaching. And all of our teaching will be action-oriented. It's what we're going to do in our small groups. And when we eventually, hopefully, have uh, what I want to have, a monthly connect service where we have music and it's a little bit more uh, rambunctious and a lot of fun and and different than small group, hopefully a big group, think of it that way, Uh, you know, eventually have that once a month, you know, we will be supplying them with teaching that is action-oriented, teaching that comes alongside the students and guides them closer to Christ. Because we want to stand right at the crossroad of where life and Christ meet, so that When they come to youth group, they get pumped up, charged up, because the next day they're probably going to go to school, or they're probably going to go to work, or they're going to be in their families, who for a lot of these students are not Christians. And they're going to need some pumping up, and they're going to need some help, they're going to need some encouragement. They're going to come together, and they're going to be supplied and discipled and helped. And we're going to be there to come alongside of them, and sometimes that literally means one-on-one alongside of them, going into situations that they don't know if they can handle themselves. We're going to live at the crossroad of where life and Christ meet. So we got C, connect, R, reach, O, offer, S, supply, and finally, S, for serve. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes it's difficult for youth ministries to grasp this one. I would say if there's anyone that I personally struggle with is this one. I'm not really a servant. You can ask my wife. Um, it's hard for me to, to be a servant. Um, she, she does a wonderful job in our home, and she is a servant. Like, she, is, she will do anything. And uh, her spiritual gift is helper. She likes helping people. And, um, but, you know, we can't ignore serving those around us because service shows the love of God in a practical way. It allows them to see the love that God has placed in us and, and placed upon us and thrown at us, it allows them to see that acted out in their life. 
You know, we could go around saying, I love you. Jesus loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. All right, see you later. But if we don't do something, it doesn't mean anything. Our actions have to back up what we say. It's as simple as that. No one's going to care. Loving your neighbor means doing something about it. As the old DC Talk song says, any DC Talk fans in here? Anybody know who that is? Yeah, DC Talk. I like those guys. It's, you know what's funny? Now, if, if you follow DC Talk, now you got uh, Toby has, Toby Mack has his own thing. Toby Mack, you know, you might have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin, Kevin uh, Max is now the head singer of Audio Adrenaline. What? And, uh, and, um, and what's his name? Holy smoke. Michael Tate. Michael Tate is the head singer of the Newsboys. It's like, what? That's like my 90s rock band favorites all mixed into one, and it's amazing. So anyway. All right, so, um, you know, as the old DC Talk song said, I got way off subject here, who knows why. As the old DC Talk song says, love is a verb, and they spelled it L-U-V. That's how you know it's cool. Love is a verb, right? We have to do it. We have to have action. So how are we going to make this work? How are we going to get this cross to work? It's not going to happen without your help. I could have all the acrostics in the world, Come up with the best plan in the world. And if you don't get involved, it's not going to go anywhere. Because I, I can push a car. If you know anything about my car that is still in Charleston, <laughs> you, sometimes you have to push it to get it started. <laughs> I can push a car. And I can try as hard as I can. And in Charleston, we have flat roads. It works out pretty well that we can get that thing started. But you know what? It doesn't go far. I can't get over the bridges. You know what I need? I need fuel. Volunteer help and volunteer leadership through God's church is that fuel. It is the fuel that makes ministry go. A car can't go without gas, and our ministry is going to go nowhere without volunteers. And some of you today are hearing this, and you're getting excited. I hope you are, at least. I'm excited. I'm excited about what God can do in this church through our, through our, uh, student, and through our students and through our student ministry. Here's what I need from you. Two simple things. I need some hanger outers. I can't think of a better word, but that's the word we're going to use. I need some hanger outers. Some of you, your spiritual gift, if you filled out the spiritual gift survey, you know, online or elmertowns.com or whatever, wherever you want to do it, you can figure, fill out that spiritual gift survey, and it is going to come out, your spiritual gift's hanging out. Okay, not really. That's not on there. That's not actually one mentioned. But your spiritual gift is hanging out. You just like talking to people. You like being there. And that's what I need. I need some people that are going to be there for students, who are going to talk to students, who are going to invest in students, who are going to love on students and help students and just be there for them when they need help. We need that. We need some hanger outers. So today God is talking to some of you guys, and he's telling you today that you need to be a hanger outer. For others of you, you're like, I'm going to be honest with you, Ivy. I don't really uh, <clears throat> like the teenagers. The teenagers aren't my thing. Fair enough. How about just, okay, hear me out here. I'm, don't leave out the door yet. Okay, just hear me out. Just leave. Not the church, but leave your house for two hours a week. And let us use it to minister and disciple and use the cross. You can take that night during the week to have a date night with your wife or your husband. 
Make sure you talk to your spouse about this. You don't just surprise them with it if God's leading you to do this, okay? Don't just say, take night to night, and they come home, and they're like, who are these people in our house? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm caught there pouring a Mountain Dew. Um, anyway, you know, you let us use your house for just a couple hours a week and let us minister to these students, disciple these students, supply these students, connect with these students. We can offer ourselves in worship, serve, and reach their friends. You can do that by just leaving your house for two hours a week and trusting us with it. My wife wanted me to tell you today that um, she's pretty particular about houses and things and she will respect your house, okay? And anyway, we're going to get in that in just a second. Forget that. So I, won't, I won't go there yet. Okay. So we're supplying the next generation to live out their lives for Christ. And I, I do believe that Christ is talking to two people, or God's talking to two people today that will open up their homes one night a week for two hours. I was doing my daily Bible reading uh, this week, and this, I came across a scripture, and I didn't really know what it had to do with today's message exactly, but it stuck out to me, and I think it has more to do with the message than maybe you think, and it's in your outline, I do believe. It's 2 Corinthians 4.18. This is what it says. We do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me show you. I get my volunteers that wonderfully volunteered for me today. Jasmine and Chelsea, would y'all come up for me, please? Thank you guys. Y'all give them a hand as they come up here. You know, sometimes this can be kind of difficult getting in front of everybody, and they're just awesome for doing that for me. Um, I'm just going to get them to kind of stand here, and you guys can look at them. These are two students at Cross Culture right here. They're in high school. And this is Jasmine, and this is Chelsea. Y'all say hey. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to kind of do a test here. Um, I have some stickers in my hand. And these different stickers have, you might not be able to see them, but has a T on it, okay? And then I have a couple, few that have E's on them, okay? E's on them. T's and E's, all right. So if the item that I'm pointing to is temporary, I'm going to ask him and say, is this item temporary? I'm going to put a sticker on it that has a T. If this item that I am pointing to is eternal, I'm going to put a sticker on it that has an E. Simple enough, right? Okay, so I'm going to need your help here. And I'm going to need you to help me out. You guys just stand there. You're good. You look great. Thank you. All right. All right. This is, I told you at the beginning, I like to play guitar. This is a guitar. Is this guitar, this is easy now. Is this guitar temporary or eternal? Temporary, right? One day, it will rot away forever. Temporary. Now, this is a Batmobile, and I wish my car was a Batmobile. We're going to say this is my car, though. Is this Batmobile, is my car that sits in my parking lot, is it eternal or temporary? Temporary. One day it's going to turn into a hunk of metal in the earth, right? If Jesus doesn't come back first, right? Temporary. Temporary. All right. Here's my fancy aluminum MacBook, one of the most durable Computer's out there, right? I got it because I break computers like crazy. All right. Is it temporary or is it eternal? 
It's temporary. It's going to break. In fact, I've already seen it break some. And it eventually will rot away. Now, this is my dollhouse. Actually, it's my daughter's dollhouse. And she said, Dad, be careful. Don't let anything fall out of it. Okay. It has lots of stuff inside of it. Okay. This house is going to represent my house and your house. Is this house temporary or eternal? Temporary. One day it will go away. One day it will be gone. All right. This is Jasmine. Is Jasmine temporary or eternal? Eternal. You get to eat. Jasmine is eternal. This is Chelsea. Is Chelsea temporary or eternal? Eternal. We believe that these students here and everybody in this room today will live forever somewhere. Sadly, some will live forever apart from God in a place the Bible calls hell. And others will live forever with God in a place called heaven. This is why. This is why. This is why we do it. Why youth ministry? Chelsea and Jasmine. Exhibit A. The temporary is going to pass away. This stuff's going to go away. But they're going to be here forever. We use the temporary to affect the eternal. God has given you gifts in your hand to use to affect the eternal. Thank you, guys. You can go have a seat. Y'all give them a hand. Y'all did awesome. Thank you. Today, how are we going to, how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? Let's get just some quick action steps. First off, I need you to pray for us and our student ministry and our students. Pray for our students. They're going through some tough times right now. One of our students uh, just went through a really tough loss in his family. They deal with real situations. It's not all fun and games. So pray for our students. But secondly, get involved with our students. We need hanger-outers. And we need some hosts. We need some hanger-outers. And we need some hosts. Thanks, Ivy. What a great message. Next week, the Daniel series continues. Pastor Clay is back with the next message in Daniel. Unshakable faith, unbreakable promise. We're glad you spent some time with us for this week's Crosswalk. Each week, Pastor Clay opens the Bible and brings out its exciting and practical truths to apply to our everyday lives. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh. But instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone and everyone who is looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross.
Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.